Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, got a great show for you today. Have you ever felt like you are just a wound up ball of tension, ready to go off the first time you get pulled over? (laughs) Just a little... Is there something you need to tell us on your trip about your trip on the way down? Lots of cops out today. Okay. Lots of cops out, but none of them could catch me. Ah. So I'm no longer wound up tight like a ball. I am actually very relaxed today. Good. This is a good day. But today's even going to be better because we're talking emotional health. How to unwind, how to how to how to not just be a victim to your mood. Have you ever just had a mood take you over? Mm-hmm. Yes. What was her name? <laughs> Hypothetically. Take the fifth. Yeah, out of way. So, I mean, I know like when James, you can tell when James has had a bad morning, James is going to have a bad afternoon. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're like, you just, you go off. Yeah. You remember when I come mm-hmm. in here and you're throwing stuff? Mm-hmm. I'm holding the wall over there, you know. It's huge. Uh, that's why they, I mean, come on. People can't see it, but we are in a padded room. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> With very well, thick glass that can't be broken. It is a radio studio, and you're trying to you know, yeah. deaden the sound in the room, so that's why it, it's that's, padded. That's what they want you to believe, Sean. Well, it's a padded room with a lock, and the doors weigh 5,000 pounds. <laughs> and then James yeah, wears it's, those it's really weird- it's not locking weird... on the outside, luckily. That's true. <laughs> well, that's true. But James wears those, weird, wears those weird jackets where his hands are like tied behind his back. Yeah, I know. I saw that. That's weird. Makes it really difficult He's to do my job. Leather thing that goes across his face. Yeah, too. that's weird. What? <laughs> <laughs> that just gave me the chills. And he loves farva beans. I know. And <laughs> mm. I don't know why. Something about liver. Yeah, liver. Oh my goodness. So, um, James. Yeah. Did you have a good day today? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I haven't had any things to throw, actually. So You know, I've, I've, I've got a question for what? those two, actually, what? because they took off earlier today. They did? Not to be seen around the office. Ooh, this could maybe be a headline. I know. Well, let's see. Did you guys take off, or does this need to be a headline? I've been here and haven't left. Since did you guys go to lunch oh, again? Oh, no, you, you disappeared. Somebody no, disappeared. No, no. James disappeared. We disappeared at different times. I went she to made pop popcorn. popcorn. Yeah. James went to <laughs> Oh, you were gone boxes. before the popping of the popcorn. <laughs> Oh, I was thinking, man, we're going to have news. Almost, okay. almost. Almost news. So if we, it, we did take a romantic date to the drinking fountain, though. Really? It was pretty incredible. You called it a date? That is a date. He picked me up from my desk. No, that's hydration. He pushed the button for me. We had he a held the button while you, while you partook. Yeah. Holy now, it's pretty that romantic. Is romance. Yeah. Is it getting hot in here? Yeah, warm for some reason. That is... And we haven't even started talking about Justin Bieber. I can take you to the the drinking fountain if you'd like. No, you know, instead, let's just let's just go to headlines. Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show: A summary of stories that you might have missed. I kind of wish I had missed the drinking fountain story. <laughs> Sorry. 
I don't know why. It just creeped me yeah, out. They were both were gone from their desks earlier today. Well, they, so. I think they were thirsty. Yeah. Very thirsty. So, well, Shawnee... They, they took a while to get that drink then. You've been getting some headlines, you know, doing some research. Actually, Aaron, Aaron did some research. So, Aaron. if I miss something, it's not... It's Aaron's you know, fault. Yeah. Uh, but no, Aaron was not feeling well, so he had to head home. But Aaron's under the weather. I bet he's the one. He's dehydrated. It's where possible. these two are overhydrated. But you, you heard from the BBC there talking about Justin Bieber. Yeah. And he has to uh, take an anger management course as part of the yeah. careless driving plea. By the way, as somebody that teaches basically an anger management course. Careless driving. Wasn't that a song from Wham? Yeah, it was. It was. I think it was a song from the Cars. Okay. Careless driving. <laughs> anyway, uh, he was arrested seven months ago, mm-hmm. uh, and he has to include a anger management class in part of his plea deal. Hmm. And he has to attend, it's a 12-hour anger management course. Oh, those poor teachers. Private classes, though. Private for him. Yeah. So two hours, I guess Mm -hmm. he just has to sit for 12 hours and have a a counselor teach him. Well, of course, you can't have Bieber, you know, in a public class because everybody would just be asking for autographs. Well, but I mean, wouldn't that be the point? I don't know if they would be asking for autographs. If you if you put Bieber in a room, him. exactly. <laughs> if you put him in a room with well, angry people, yeah. <laughs> but the, how else do you learn anger management? That's the best way to learn it to test your anger. Let mm-hmm. him go learn how to manage his emotion while <laughs> other people are trying to beat him up. Exactly. He'll also have to view some online videos that depict stories of real life, <laughs> some tragic DUI cases. Oh my man! And he'll also pay some court fines and has agreed to a fifty thousand dollar charitable donation. Great. Does he need a charity? I've got a charity. The Matt Townsend charity. <laughs> yes. That's great. It's, it's, the, it's the school fund for my daughter's yeah. charity. So they're, they are going, they're, they're going to get him to try to be more responsible. Yes. It's great. I don't think it'll work. And I guess he's willing under court order. Oh, yeah, sure. Willing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Willing asterisk. He's court-ordered willingness. Well, here's the question. Does he have to go to Miami to do it, or does he does he get to do it at home? He can come to Salt Lake. I teach that every day. So, Justin, if you're out there and you want a good time, come on over. I'll teach you my anger management class. I'll teach you social skills, communication, conflict resolution. Well, here's a, here's a gentleman that needed your anger management class. Yeah. This guy, um, he, he comes out of the grocery store. And there's a lot of wind. It was a windy day. Yeah. But it pushes a cart into his car. Well, yeah. that's Somebody needs to park their cart better. Damaging the car. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So he picked up the cart. Uh-oh. He picked it up. He picked it up. I'm sure it was empty. Uh, man. I, and it's, they're heavy when they're, they're empty. Well, yeah. So he tried to throw it through the doors of the store or a window. <laughs> Here's was, your cart back. <laughs> but he was unsuccessful. Oh, no. He couldn't. He couldn't throw it. Loser. Where did it land? I don't know. Oh boy. But so he got into his car. Yeah. You think? Well, he's gonna leave. Yeah, he's gonna leave. No, he drove his car into the store. <sighs> See, these are people. I know that are being overwhelmed by their emotion. Come on. But I, how do you how do you let that hey happen? Boys will be boys in Bieber's case. <laughs> old men will be old men. Now, boys will be boys, I've heard in NASCAR, but... Yes, I mean that. I mean, look at this. It's crazy what's happening to our world. It's understandable, though. I mean, like, when you're angry, isn't, like, the first thing on your mind, like, man, I really need to drive my car into a store? No, my first thing is, man, I've got to 
be strong enough to pick that cart up and try to throw it. <laughs> exactly. My second thought is that didn't work. Oops. So I'm going to Next then drive thing. my car. Yep. Can you imagine driving your car in? Like that's crazy time. That's just like not going to work. That's it. I'm, I've had it. I will now take my car. By the way, the car was the reason it was scratched, and that was the reason he freaked out. So now he's really going to scratch his car. Yeah, what does he do after he crashes his car into the this building? Don't ask. Wow. Well, now apparently he's going to go to court. I guess he was arrested? I guess. I, I don't have any other details other than that. You know right what? Now. I think we have a class for two. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Anger management. Yeah, he can he can go get Justin's autograph in the in the yeah. anger management class. You know, you could probably go through the headlines and have I don't know twenty oh, stories sure. like this a day. Road rage. Yeah. How about that? You got a little road rage for us? Oh, well, a woman told police she couldn't see after there was an item that hit her windshield hmm. on her car, and she lost control of the car and she struck an unknown object in the road. The impact caused damage to her car's exhaust, but the woman wasn't hurt. So what hit her car? A person. Some guy threw a milkshake. Oh. Why would you waste a milkshake? I don't know. Was it Marion Berry flavor? <laughs> it might have been. No. No. <laughs> you can't you can't waste that. You can't waste a Marion Berry shake. Yeah. It's the uh, best shake ever. And again, why would you be mad about that? Because you know, you're just it's just somebody that's giving back. That's true. It's, you know why we're mad? Because we're out of control. But if you were ever, if you ever felt, have you ever felt mad at a movie? Oh, yeah. Uh, at a movie? Oh, at a movie. Oh, yeah. I have. Have you seen 27 Dresses? Yes. I was so ticked at that movie. <laughs> that thing for kept me, going for and me going. For me, Dear John. I remember seeing that, but I think I blocked it out. Mm-hmm. But if, we'd like our listeners actually to let us know if they ever felt something in a movie. Mm. Strongly felt something. Yeah, I mean. Let so, us know what the movie well, is. Well, felt something yeah. Emotional. Emotional. Right. That we can talk about on the air. Exactly. You can give us a call at one chat byu or tweet us. And in yeah. the last segment of the show, we're going to talk about those movies that... Uh, movies that move us. Exactly. To, to one way or another, to mm-hmm. anger or to health. Beautiful. This is going to be a great show. Because in a minute, we're going to be bringing on Sharon Ballantyne, who is a life coach, a parenting coach. She's going to teach us how to manage our emotions. Not to be a victim anymore, just because someone throws a shake, throws a wastes a Marion Berry shake, and throws it all over your car doesn't or, mean or, for Graham or Graham Canyon shake would have been worse. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you got your whole day has to be over. She's going to give us the skills, the tools to manage our emotional life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We will be back, giving you a leg up in this crazy thing we call life, right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, for all of you in your commute home, you know, and you just had somebody cut you off, and you're thinking, okay, I guess they want to die. So it is now my turn to go chase them down. Don't chase them down. Don't. Go to your happy place. Find a healthier way through this. Let's get to emotional health. That is today's topic on today's program. 
We're talking emotional health for you, for your children. You don't need to be a victim, and your kids can learn this. They're going to follow your lead. Who better to teach us than Sharon Ballantyne from SharonBallantyne.com. She's a life coach and a parenting coach. She um, also just finished a, a book. Well, I'm sure we're going to talk about that as well. And uh, go to her website. You can you can learn a lot about her. She She's somebody that has had to learn to deal with loss, and um, and and has figured out how to find emotional health, emotional well-being in that process. Sharon Ballantyne, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, Matt, how are you? Good, how are you today? I'm excellent, thank you. I'm really excited to be on your show. Thank you so much. You bet, we're excited to have you. And it couldn't have been more <laughs> timely because Justin Bieber was just remanded to go to, uh, what's it called, uh, anger management classes. He needs you, Sharon. Yeah. He does. He he clearly needs a life coach. Um, Could you pass on my phone number to him, I will. Uh, He's calling tonight. And so um, I'll walk him through some some of his challenges. A lot of times we just call. We just just sing a little bit together. But I'll pass on your card. Thank you. I'll make myself available. Uh, You know what? I bet you're great. So talk about how you got into not just life coaching, but this, this focus on emotional, you know, kind of management it's a big deal because so many of us just think, you know, we, we have to be a victim of our mood, a victim of our feelings. Yes. Yeah, isn't that the truth? And it seems like we teach what we really had to learn, right? You I bet. Mean, when we hit rock bottom or we have to, you know, work our way through things, then then we're able to teach. So. You know, we all came into this world being happy, and I was no exception. I was a very happy child. You know, life went my way. And one day I found myself madly in love. And, you know, when you are in love or something triggers you, at least in my case, it really took me down that emotional... Let me just say I became kind of an emotional victim, which is something, you know, that I allowed. Everything was dramatic. Everything yeah. just became larger than it really was. You know, it was it was really just an illusion. But that was that a I positive emotion, right? You were in love, but then this the, these emotions took you over? They took me over because, you know what I did? So the key was I was depending on someone else for my happiness. There you go. And any time that we do that, you know, really, we set ourselves up for failure because no one comes into this. It is no one's job to make us happy. It is only our own personal work. You know, and I I had to learn that. I had to learn that it wasn't someone else's job to make me happy. And I tried for a really long time to make it go my way. But, you know, you get to a point where just things aren't working. Their relationship wasn't working. I wasn't happy. You know, if if something didn't go my way, you know, the way I thought it should, I was a wreck. And I really had to hit rock bottom. You turn it over to them. I mean, the interesting thing about that point, uh, Sharon, is the inverse is also true. So we can't depend on someone else to make us happy. We also can't keep blaming everyone else for why we're miserable. Not at all. Right? No. I mean, no, so it's, it's a, it, you're, you're, and that's what you were learning, I guess, as a young in love girl is this, these people would take your lives over emotionally and, may, and make it supposedly great on days, but other days they'd let you down 
and you couldn't just let them have all that control. No, and the thing was, it was completely and always is just self-imposed. Yeah. You know, they were just being themselves. They weren't doing anything that wasn't fine. It was all the way I was taking it. You know, it's always going to be our responsibility how we react to everything. Mm-hmm. See, but that's so grown up, Sharon. Because when I'm driving on the freeway <laughs> and somebody just cut me off and threw a shake at me, and um, their shake hits my car and I've got you know, ice cream all over my car. They, they did that. They have now ruined my day. They have made me mad. So how do I not play into the victim role here? You know, Matt, really, it's a choice and a conscious decision and it takes practice. You know, you, you just first have to acknowledge that you're in charge of your life. You're in charge of your happiness. It's up to you. You know, you acknowledge that and you make a choice. You, I don't know, you say yeah. to yourself, you know, it's up to me. What, no matter, you know, the world is always going to do whatever they're going to do. You know, those that love us, those closest to us, they're here to live their own path. And they're just going to do and say whatever is right for them. Yeah. And we have to honor that. And it's up to us what we do with all of the information from the world coming at us. Well, and, and then it takes practice because, you know, you, you acknowledge that, you make that decision, but then something happens. Yeah. And you've got to make that decision all over again. And then you've got to make that decision all over again. Every single time something happens and you're tempted to, to do that knee-jerk reaction, you, you, it's a training. You train yourself yeah. out of it. It's like being a ninja. Ninjas can't just react to everything that's negative happening. They've got to choose their path. But it's important because if somebody throws something at my car and it scratches or whatever, or if, you know, the shopping cart story we talked about earlier, in the end, it's me that's hijacked. I call it hijacked emotionally. I'm letting my low brain run my life. But in the end, that person, they've moved on. They've driven away. They've gone home. They're having dinner with their family and laughing. And we're ticked. So in, exactly. in the end, the poison is in us, which is why we have to remove the poison. I know. And that's what so many people forget. It's that we aren't affecting others when we're really upset because they're probably not even here. Yeah. It's, it's really ruining our day. And, it, and we have now cut off all well-being from the universe, which means we don't have access to everything we want. So how productive is that? Oh, that's true. What do you mean we don't have access? Like we don't have access, because I guess you're emotionally hijacked, so you can't access other good stuff. Is that what you're saying? It is what I'm saying. You know, from the universe, only well-being flows toward us. Oh, interesting. That's all there is. Yeah. The well-being flows toward us. And when we feel bad, and that means any of the negative emotions, any of the millions of um, negative emotions, we have temporarily cut off that stream of well-being until we get back to our better feeling place. So once we, I like to to tell my clients, you know, it's like a a river coming towards you and it's all well-being, a beautiful mountain river. It's gorgeous. It feels wonderful. And when we're upset, it's like we put a board, boom, in front of us, in front of that gorgeous river. And until we get back to our better feeling place, well, the board is lifted when you get back to your joy. Mm. And now you have access to everything you want, which is in that well-being. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, you gate yourself in. You, 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 keep, you keep goodness out and you keep, you know, kind of darkness in. 
Exactly. And how fun is that? Not fun. Mm -mm. That sounds, by (laughs) the way, it sounds like the makings of, you know, a really uh, bad commute home or a really, you know, it just sounds like the cause. It is the cause of all of this road rage and emotional pain and all these other problems. Well, it is. It is, Matt. And it's not like we're trying to obliterate negative emotion because it is part of our human makeup, Mm -hmm. but you don't get extra points for staying there all day. So let's say we have a knee-jerk reaction or we react to whatever it is. You know, then we have the opportunity to make that choice, and we can make that choice within seconds. Because once we realize I've cut off my well-being, so not fun, I want to keep manifesting what I want, how am I going to do, or what can I do right now in this moment to get back to my good-feeling place? So see, that's the work. Yeah. It's like, okay, I got angry, I got whatever, and what am I going to do now to feel better? See, that's the process of life. It's very deliberate, it's conscious, and you get to choose. It's and it's and as you're saying, it is it's an exercise. It's it's a discipline and it's interesting too. It's a discipline it seems like that as as a population Especially maybe in the Western world, we're bare, we, we don't we don't dig into it as much as we do maybe other disciplines like exercise or or that. We're talking with Sharon Ballantyne, life coach and parenting coach. We're going to take a break and come back. We're going to continue the discussion about our own emotional strength, our own emotional discipline. How do we become somebody that can can steer our own emotions? that can have something hard, difficult happen to us, and yet we, uh, we turn it around and we let more light in. How do we become an attractor of more goodness, of more light? More with Sharon Ballantyne. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're taking on your emotional health. You know, every one of us has a life that seems like, you know, you feel like a sippy cup. And you feel like you got, I got a little two-year-old just sucking the life out of you. That's sometimes what life feels like. You know what? It doesn't have to feel that way. Everybody's going to have an emotional drain now and then. We're all going to have somebody that cuts in front of us in a line You're going to have your kids bringing their friends over. You're going to have a loved one that's going to just test you to no end. So today we want to talk about emotional health and how to choose your emotional state, how to choose your happiness instead of just getting, you know, washed down the river. And we've asked a wonderful guest to join us today. Her name is Sharon Ballantyne. If you go to her website, SharonBallantyne.com, she's a life coach, a parenting coach, she has really been working on the tools, the, I, the keys about how to choose, how to process your emotion, and how to um, you know, let more light in instead of just putting up all these walls, all of these barriers that actually repel the light that we all kind of need in life. So back at you. Let's go, Sharon. Are you there still with us? I am so here. Thank you, Matt. You bet. So good to have you. Talk about your book. I, I, you've, you just finished a book, right? Yes, I did. The Art of Blissful Parenting. Oh, boy. See, a lot of people would say that's a paradox. (laughs) 
Yes. You know, and parenting is not always blissful. No. But, you know, when your kids happen to you and you're having a crazy day with kids any age, it's really about doing the emotional work to getting back to that blissful state, yeah. which is where we want to naturally be. It, and what I, what I love about what you're teaching is it's it's a skill, and yet it seems like a skill that isn't on a lot of our radars. We just know we need to be a better parent, but it seems like a fast way to get to a better parent, being a better parent, is emotionally. You know, manage the emotional yes. side of your life, and, and good parenting seems to follow. Oh, it's so true. And I had to learn all about the hard way, Matt. You know, I used to be react. I have three children who are now grown. And I used to react to them and all of the normal kid stuff they did, which, you know, many of us can find so annoying. Yeah. And I, I reacted to them and, and until one day, you know, and I was always studying. I was studying the life coaching, you know, all the, the laws of the universe, well-being. I was doing the emotional work at the time. And one day, it just kind of all hit home. It just, I had gotten to the point with one of my children where our relationship was going downhill fast. Mm-hmm. And I had to just make a whole new choice of doing everything with more ease. And that is really when I made the conscious, deliberate choice to let my children follow their own internal guidance system. So that's really what I teach parents mostly is about their own internal guidance system, following their highest path, and really allowing their children to follow theirs. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's it. We we want to control everything. I guess guess that's, you know, our, our desire is to you know, make our lives more predictable. And so maybe that's it. We jump in and we try to be, have a predictable relationship with our kids by telling them what they should think or feel. But maybe really what we should be teaching them is that they have this internal, you know, compass, this internal guide, and they need to start paying attention to it. You know, they come with it. And, yeah. and we as a society and many parents, we just don't allow our children to use it because we're fearful. You know, we think we have the life experience, you know, et cetera. But, you know, we're not here to live their life path. Right. We're here to guide them and support them. And, you know, once I let all of that go, my children blossomed. And, you know, it's so beautiful to watch them, you know, follow their own internal guidance. And they do it every day. And, you know, we're all here to do that. So we want to let our kids really find their own way because we're not going to be there every day. We have to teach them how to follow their own path. No, I agree. Otherwise, they don't know how to act later in life when we're just not there. Well, and it seems like there's a very obvious sign it's not working because the tension, if you keep pushing them on their emotional issues, you'll just see the tension grow. You'll see the misunderstanding grow. You'll see mistrust grow, which should be a sign to all of us or three signs to all of us. It's not working. You can't keep forcing their change. So instead, you're like you're saying, let's let's just let them choose their own happiness. Now we could guide them. You know, you could say, don't touch the fire. You'll get burnt. But then, you know, if they if they really want to keep working themselves back to the fire, they will talk about choosing happiness for the rest of us. So how do we. What are some other things we need to know to to take a day that's just difficult? You know, you get bad news at the office. You lost an account. What am I supposed to do on my drive home to choose happiness if, you know, bad stuff is happening around me? Okay, that's a great question, and I love that, Matt. So it really starts with either at the beginning of your day, the end of your day, or when something has just happened, you ask yourself, how do I want to feel? 
you know, it's very straightforward. How do I want to feel? Something's happened. I'm not feeling good. How do I want to feel? I want to feel happy. I want to feel safe. I want to feel successful. You know, any of those things will come to mind. Interesting. So, but you're, you're projecting what you want in the future. You're not reacting to what just was or just happened. You're saying when a bad thing happens to you, figure out what you want, not just what happened. Always. Beautiful. Always, because when we're focusing on what has happened in this moment, we are holding ourselves there on every level, emotionally, energetically, physically. We're, we're going to, and if it doesn't feel good, well, who wants to stay there? Nobody. Right. So you just, and everything is done with ease. You know, it's, it's non-self-judgment. You know, it's no, I've, I haven't done a bad thing. Let's say you've reacted to something. Don't beat yourself up over it because that just adds insult to injury. Uh-huh. So it's about doing it with ease. Okay, this has happened. I acknowledge that I feel that. It makes me sad. It's, it's not wiping over the emotion. It's acknowledging it and then allowing it to go. And you allow it to go by changing your focus. That's like, interesting. Well, how do I want to feel? You know, well, they, I've let them make me feel insecure. I want to feel secure. So then you can, a really good example to do is let's just take security because I brought it up. You, you think then you focus on all of the ways in your life that you already feel secure. Do you see what I'm saying? You bet. So you're going to where it's already working. You go to where that energetic yeah. is already set in motion and it feels good. Yeah, it's this is all in that little space, isn't it? That there's a little space, it yeah. seems like, between... Uh, Stephen Covey used to always talk about the space between stimulus and response, that there's a stimulus, somebody you know does something wrong, something negative happens, you get bad news, then there's the space, and then you get to choose your response, and this is what you're saying. In the moment, acknowledge that you have a feeling, okay, I, I, this, this makes me sad. Presently, I feel yeah. sad because of this idea, or I feel un- insecure, unsafe. And then move it to, okay, what do I want to feel? Is yeah. that where we go? Yeah. And, yeah, and, and then also, and where have I felt, where have I felt that feeling before? That good yeah, feeling I want. where do I feel it, where do I feel it currently in my life now? Yeah. You know, where do I feel it right now? Because, you know, if we take negative emotion and we just push it down, guess what? It's going to get stuck and then it's going to come out in a way that doesn't make anybody happy. Sure. So it's, it's not about pushing it down. It's about dealing with it and turning it into something positive, you know, and perhaps that positive is on a different subject. Do you see what I'm saying? You bet. If there's a person that really makes you upset, you probably aren't going to be able in, in that moment to turn that into a positive. It just doesn't work. Right. So you have to change your focus to a subject in your life that already feels positive because when you change your focus, that's where the energetic goes. Now, some people might say, it sounds like, Sharon, but some would say, oh, you're just... You're just not dealing with reality, Sharon. You're just you're just escaping. But you're not saying exactly. escape. You're I saying it. I love it when people say that to me and they say it to me all the time. But because and it's a good thing. Because if your reality doesn't feel good, why would you want to stay there in your mind? Why would you want to? No, you don't. Yeah. It might be what is currently happening. But if you want to change what is currently happening, you have to change your focus. Because if you're looking at it, you're holding yourself there. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's judo. It's 
It's like Taekwondo for the brain and the emotions. You've got to, you've got to recognize what's coming, adapt. You might have to adjust yourself in, you know, kind of some kind of martial art. You might have to move to avoid some, you know, somebody hitting yeah. you. But it doesn't mean you're not going to come back, and it doesn't mean you have to just be mean because they were mean. Oh no, never. It's powerful. That, no, never. Yeah. See, I would say you would never do that. You know, I mean, it's. Because that is just going to hold you there. It's yeah. all about turning the focus elsewhere. And, you know, it is like we were talking earlier. It is a practice. Mm-hmm. It is a training. And you know what? Life is meant to be easeful, and it's meant to be joyful. So this is not supposed to turn into work. You know, I laugh at myself all the time, and I make it a total game. Because when I do that reactive thing, yeah, I found a way to be humorous about it. It's like, Wow. Cool. They got my buttons. Yeah. Look at <laughs> me. Know, right. Like, wow. How did how did you get to me? I'm better trained than that. How did you do that? You know. I'm thinking to myself, and then it's just easier to change it up. I love if it. If I beat up on myself, that's not productive. No. No. And um, oh, and that's the hard part. Is we think it's hard, but it, it, it's it's all it's all your opportunity. It's only hard because we don't see the opportunity in the moment to do this, but it exists. And the more you're looking for that opportunity, the more the opportunity will appear. We're talking with Sharon Ballantyne and uh, she's teaching us, you know, emotion management and, and understanding that happiness is a choice and, and, and how to learn and how to really truly manage your emotions in a healthier way. When we come back, she's going to now teach us how to um, raise emotionally healthy kids. Man, wouldn't that be great? She's going to teach us how to coach our own parents and help them focus on their, I mean, our own children as parents and how to focus on their emotional health. More with Sharon Ballantyne right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Emotional management, that's what we're learning today. How do you take life? It's almost like you have to learn to metabolize the stressors of life and turn them into something healthier. Um, It's something we can all learn. And it's very skill-based, actually. And when you think about some of the great people you love, that you've revered, you know, a lot of kind of the gurus, Gandhi, um, you know, scriptural people in the, the scriptures, a, a, a prophet or a, a, or Christ, these people, wow, they had the ability to manage their emotion. So we're trying to figure out how we do this, how we, how we don't just let life live us, but how do we learn to live our own life and not be just pushed wherever the wind blows us. Our guest today that's helping us learn this is Sharon Ballantyne. She is a life coach and a parenting coach. Go to her website, uh, SharonBallantyne.com. She's an author of the book, The Art of Blissful Parenting, and she's teaching us, uh, you know, we're not always the best students of our own emotional management. So Sharon, keep teaching us. Welcome back to the program. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Matt. We really appreciate it. And um, talk to me about our, our kids. I mean, it seems like what a powerful lesson. Not only do we as adults need this. In fact, every human on earth needs this. But what a neat thing to, what a neat heritage to leave to your kids. 
Most definitely. And, you know, our children emulate us. And so how we act in the home, more often than not, is how your children are going to act in their own home right. when they walk in the world. And so I was fortunate enough to make the decision in time, you know, before I ruined anyone, <laughs> yeah. on, you know, how what I really wanted them to go out in the world being, you know, which was really just their best selves. And, you know, that involved me before anything, before I did anything or said anything, was really taking a deep breath because there is infinite time and space in a single deep breath. And wherever that momentum was going, if it was going to a place that wasn't going to feel good, if you take a slow, deep breath, you have the power to release that Hmm. and make a new choice. There's infinite time in that deep breath. And that was one of the main tools that I used. And I always recommend that to people. It it can save your relationship with your with your children. So in that space, the breath I mean and, and it's it's good for us on all levels, right? I mean physically it gets more yeah. oxygen to our system, but it also puts you in the now, in the present, because you're in your breath. So noticing your breathing is important. But I love what you, I haven't really thought of it that way. It's a choice. And once you make that choice, it's now yours to control. You can hold it. You can release it. And it, it, it almost invariably gives you instant power because it's yours. Yes, exactly. And when we're upset, we give our, excuse me, our power to others. Yeah. And we, you know, we're very powerful people. Everyone is. And we want to keep our power so we can, you know, enhance the world and enhance our children. I think one of the main things I learned, one of the most powerful tools in parenting, is never to talk to your children when you're angry. Because we all know from our life experience and dealing with everyone, that's a perfect way to go downhill fast. Sure. Nothing productive ever happens when you're angry. Your children won't listen. They'll put up their walls. I really learned to take that deep breath. And sometimes I had to leave the room, you know, call it on out. Yeah. You know, this is not going to be productive. I'm going to go away for a moment. You know, I do that in my relationships. I do that with my kids. What, what if you're you know, always angry, Sharon? What do I do then? What? What do I do if I'm always angry? So if somebody's always angry, I mean, then we'd never talk. I mean, there's people that... If, if your personal self is angry? Well, no, yeah, it just seems like there's a lot of people in the world that... You know, they're angry at work or they're, you know, they they can't open their mouth at work because they'll lose their job. So they're stressed. They get in their car on their drive home. They're frustrated. They're angry. They get home and they've got four more things to do and they never get a break and they don't have enough money. And then the bills are sitting there. So they're probably they may be they may feel like they're always stressed. But that's maybe where they do their own breathing. Right. Before, But you're saying never talk when you're angry and because it's not going to work. And I totally agree. So what do we do with the people that always seem angry? Well, you see, Matt, anger is a choice, and anger is a reaction. And so people that are always angry have trained themselves to to just live in a knee-jerk reaction way. And those people really are not, I don't believe, I haven't come across too many of those people that are open to breathing, that are open to anything, because people get very attached to the energy that they create in their lives, you know, whether it's positive or negative. Yeah. Well, and especially if they blamed everyone else for it, 
they don't even know they have control over it, right? So they, they feel like they're trapped because everyone else is making their life horrible. Right. And and those aren't the people that, you know, yeah. we're going to be able to help. You know, they really have to. And I'm not saying people can't change because everyone can change. But they have to probably hit rock bottom in some manner. Something in their life is just not working and it's not good enough for them anymore. They want to make a change. And that's when they start the deliberate work of changing their focus. Mm-hmm. Because people that are always angry are focused on what's going wrong. Right. It's all everything in your life is about what you're looking at, what you're thinking about, where that energy is going. Well, and so if, if I have to deal with it, has to be positive. If I have to be with someone like that, I can I can change my response to it. Their emotion coming in and, you know, blowing like a tornado through my life. I can still pause. I can still breathe. I can still recognize my emotion. I can still find a, how I want to respond and, and be in the future with this person. So, I mean, maybe that's the key is yeah. I just can only control me. But as I can get better at me, I might have more influence with them. Ah, I just, I just love how you just said all of that because that's the key right there. You know, the world is going to come at us with this person angry, that person, yeah. you know, whatever. And it's all up to us about how we react to it. And I promise you this, when you have that energy of calm and joy around you, you change the lives of others. Hmm. So over time, whether it's your children, whether it's that person at the grocery store, when you are a person with an aura, an energy of calm and joy, you change people's lives. You bet, because they feel different around you, don't they? Yes, they There's do. something different, and they know that. And they, Yeah. That's big. But that's how you change the world, right? You don't need everyone to change. You change. Well, it's the only way to do it. And, and the best part, you don't have to say a word. You right. don't have to say a word. You just have to be. Nobody wants to hear your answers to everything. Right. You just have to be. You have to be that energy that you want everyone around you to be. You know, I had a list of how I wanted my kids to change and, you know, when they didn't measure up and and wouldn't, you know, conform. Okay, I gave up. And I just, because I learned, and I just let them be, and I held them in their highest place energetically, meaning I held that vision of who I wanted them to be, which was their highest self. Yeah. And in that space, they were able to do that. So I, I just love that. So I love I that. Too. And I didn't have to say a word. Oh, that's powerful. I mean, it's really just, you just kept reflecting the good. And whether they intended or not at first, they eventually got the message. They get it. They get the message on the energetic, the yeah. subtle level, not not the conscious level. Right. You know, they you, might notice mom's so calm these days. What is up with her? <laughs> you know, mom, are you medicated? <laughs> Probably, right. Yeah, exactly. But, but to change them at the deep level, that's going to happen. You know, not in their conscious level. It's a beautiful thing, and and you can do that with everybody every day. Yeah. It is the expectation, isn't it? It's the expectation of what we want our children to be that sometimes is so frustrating that sometimes letting go of that and letting them just be and then sending them good love. You know, here, I'm here. I love you. I trust you. That's probably all they need. Exactly. And and that's what I, I teach parents is to kind of change that inner dialogue. Yes, I have this expectation of my child. I expect them to live their highest path. 
Hmm. I see them only on their highest path. I couldn't possibly know what that is, but I'm going to hold that space and support them in that. That's great. We have about 30 seconds, and uh, so Sharon, <laughs> tell us this. What, what would you yeah. say is the one thing all of us should remember that, uh, about our own emotional abilities that would make the biggest difference in our lives? That we are the most powerful person in our lives. We hold all the power to all the choices. It's all within us, and I think that feels great. Oh, it does. And if you don't believe it, keep thinking it and looking for it till you believe it. Exactly. We are the most powerful people in our own lives. That's beautiful. Well, Sharon, I appreciate the discussion. Again, I, I suggest to everybody, they go look out your website, Sharon Ballantine, B-A-L-L-A-N-T-I-N-E, ballantine.com. Go check out her book, The Art of Blissful Parenting. Well done. Well done, Sharon. We're going to take a break. You. you. bet. And when we come back, we're going to continue this discussion. Our own Maddie Richards is going to teach us about anger management. She's been going to some classes, court-ordered, of course, and she's going to walk us through her, her latest learnings. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show second hour. Different than the first. So different. We've got a great show for you. We are talking today about emotional health and how you don't have to be a victim to life and, you know, the things that happen to you emotionally. Friends, trouble, tragedies, life's going to happen, but you are a force in your own life. Joining us now is Maddie Richard, one of our producers. Uh, she's quickly working her way up uh, the list of producers to you are officially, uh, uh, I'm designating you a new ass- assistant to the host. Wow. Producer. Does that role. mean I got um, demoted from a producer to like an executive assistant or is that like an... You're actually, you're the assistant to the assistant. Who's your producer. assistant? I don't have an assistant producer, but I can't just throw you into that role. I think you can. Well, no. Matt, I'm up for it. I know, but we're trying to pace your progress. Matt, if anyone can handle it, it's me. Hey, by the way, uh, you're here to talk about anger management because you've you've been asked by the courts no. to go to an anger <laughs> management program. Nobody can. Everyone's going to think I'm this terrible person. No, 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 no I'm no, no, not. No. I wrote on your sheet that you were supposed to say Maddie hasn't gone to anger management classes oh, yeah. and she hasn't ever taught anger management. Oh. This is just what she's researched. That's interesting because I rewrote the sheet. <laughs> and so, so that's what's supposed to be happening. But again, it's not just because you go to anger management or you need anger management doesn't mean you're a bad person. Justin. Bieber's going, so maybe you'll see I'm, him in your program. 
Oh, all right. Well, but what are you the, learning there? Teach us. For that. the record, I am not going to anger management. I Kay. am here to give an anger management 101. First lesson of anger management <laughs> is don't deny it. <laughs> Denial is a very dangerous thing, Maddie. I am not so. denying anything. I just. I don't have to go to anger management okay. classes. Okay. I'm just helping everyone right. out there That's right. who sure. maybe hasn't, you know, been Justin Bieber level needs to go to anger management. But I know a lot of people who, yeah. you know, have a temper. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm sure we've all heard that. Oh, you know, so and so they really have a temper. You bet, like James. We we know that. <laughs> so when I mean, maybe people are saying that about you. Maybe they're saying it about your spouse, about your child. Here are some of my. But no matter what, you may know you need to go. Yeah, you or might. You, you might know. And you I may need, not need to go to class, but you need these skills. You need some skills, yeah. some tips. What so are these they? are what I've researched. Okay. What I found is the consensus of the best ways to help control this anger. Yeah. Number one, it's called do the opposite. Huh. So everyone, you know, don't get angry. A lot of people. Well, no, a lot of people say you need to let it out. You need yeah. to let it rip. Get your anger out. That's not going to help. That's what Sharon was talking about. Talking to people when you're angry isn't going to be helpful. So, yes, you do need to find a way to release your emotion, but that doesn't mean flipping the guy off that cut you off in traffic. No, exactly. Don't do those kinds of things. Instead, replace that with, first of all, in the situation, um, trying to find empathy. Okay, so just assume that this guy's wife is in labor and he's got to get to the hospital right yeah. now. Just assume yeah. that about people. Yeah, yeah. I call and that then, uh, humanizing. Yeah, humanize the person next to you in traffic. Humanize your boss who's had to lay you off and you're really angry at, but just you know, right. assume that his boss is putting pressure on him. Yeah. Just assume those kinds of things in people. Um, and that's going to help you be able to be a little because less angry. you don't know either way. You don't know no, if they're a horrible, evil spawn of Satan no, or if yeah. they're just having a bad day or if they're just throwing their shake yeah, out exactly. to get mad at you. It's all a guess. No, and that's the thing is a lot of times we assume more often that people yeah. are out to get us when there's very few people who I mean, are really. angry with a purpose, who that's are right. cutting you off with a purpose, yeah. who are out to get you. Mm-hmm. So it's just easy to assume the best in someone. It's good. Next one, find a pattern. Find out and... Be looking at yourself, evaluating yeah. yourself. What's making me angry? Yeah. When am I getting angry? I get angry at night. Yeah. Sometimes a guy will cut me off and I'm not angry. And other times it drives me nuts. What's the factor that's making me angry in these situations? That's good. Find that pattern and focus on fixing that. It might be that when you um, don't feel respected, mm-hmm. you you get angry. When someone's wasted your time. Yeah. Triggers, I call them. What, triggers, Figure yeah. out what your triggers are. Figure out are. what your trigger is and then figure out from there how to help fix that. Because maybe you actually don't have anger management issues. Maybe you are you just had a really long day and then you have a one-hour commute. Yeah. And it's the commute and you're hungry and tired. Yeah. And all of that combines so to create the if, problem. if you feel like your commute is wasting your time, figure out what to do to fix your commute. Yeah. Eat something before you get in the yeah. car. Eat something on your way out of work before right. you get in the car. Take a nap. I know people that go get in their car and they take, take a nap. nap. Yeah. Maybe you need to figure out a different kind of music to listen mm-hmm. to that will make you feel more productive. Commute. Or do books on take tapes. Take a bus. Yeah. Take a... Do different things that might That's help good. you feel better. That's good. All right. Next one. Do push-ups. What? So this isn't necessarily that you need to do push-ups, but I mean... Are you saying I need to do push-ups? No. I'm saying you need to... I mean, we're going to try and humanize people instead of swearing at them. We're going to humanize them. But you do need a way to let go of some of your anger. Like You mean like let it it go? Yeah. (laughs) 
That's the 12,000th time we've played Let It Go. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> no, but telling yourself to stay calm mm-hmm. isn't always going to work. No. Sometimes you do need an emotional release. Yeah. And sometimes when you're sad, that means you do need to let yourself have a mental breakdown, yeah. cry it out, yep. get it out, watch a sad movie. But when you're angry, that might mean doing something physical, doing push-ups, going for a run. I run when I'm angry, and I hate running. No, I saw when that. I'm really you just angry, took off running the other day. And just... <laughs> no, when I'm really, really angry, I mean, it, you go, I have to get to a certain point. You get your point. shoes on, and you go run. Yeah, when I, I have to, it it's only happens when I'm very, very angry. That's how I know myself when I have this urge mm. to run. It's like, okay, that's go it. Now you run know. because I am that angry. I need to go do it. You know, that's why they call you Forrest. <laughs> no one calls me that. Yeah, it is. Nice job. The, gump, the gumpster, we call you. <laughs> All right. So ready for the next one? The next yep. one is choose smart words. Hmm. See, that seems that's like that's going to trip. That's going to trip a few people up. Yes, it's difficult. But it's important to remember that sometimes when we're angry, we're, we say, you never do this yeah. right. Or this machine never works. Or every time. Every time. And those kinds of things hurt people because it invalidates all of the yeah. good things that they've done right. for you. So when you're angry, it's really, really hard to choose smart words, but never deal in indefinitelys. Yeah. Never deal in humiliating terms yeah. and mockery. Yeah. Don't awfulize. Don't make no, it worse yeah, than don't, it is. That's the part of the humanizing where you're assuming yeah. the good. And when you're in, angry at someone specifically, be careful not to invalidate all of the other good things that they might have done. I actually, when I'm angry, 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 I prefer, if I can, to write yes. the words. Because then I think. Better. Yeah, because if you if you need to send an email to someone, yeah. write the really horrible mean email. Uh-huh. Yeah, delete it. Like the one the one you sent. The one I sent you. Yeah, and then was... write and compose a good one that That's gets your point across great... using smart right. words. I even let someone else read it. Yeah, have like, someone else. Fr- are you like, sure you want to? Are you sure you exactly. want to send this to your boss? So I have now a few nonverbal and verbal rules that I'm just going to go over quickly. Okay. Let's do it. So no physical contact. What do you mean? Like don't 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 take someone on. Yeah, don't take someone on. Even sometimes when you grab someone when you're angry, when oh, you're yeah, touching no. their shoulder, it comes off hurtful. Yeah, anger so just and don't, touch. Just can't don't go touch together. someone. Keep your yeah. distance. Keep your tone of voice civil. Um, control your facial features. Mm, that's a hard one. Um, avoid name calling, sarcasm. Avoid telling other people how they feel or think. Yeah. So don't put yourself in that role. You're just um, out of control. Yeah. Don't exactly. Say that. No, and don't say you hate me. Don't say things yeah. like that. People want to be able to say their own piece. Yeah. Um, establish a time limit for your discussion if you need to have a discussion with someone. Say, we're going to spend five minutes talking. No That's more, good. no less. And if you say five, keep it to five. Yeah, don't, don't, because then you both go right. on for forever and That's calling right. na- names back and forth. Establish the time limit. Um, and have a respect for authority yeah. and maintain a sense of humor. I love it. If And you can call a timeout. If you call a timeout, though, my rule is you have to have a time in. Yes. If so you call We're going to take a five-minute break now, and then we're going to come back and talk for another That's 10 right. minutes. That's right. Yeah, and so just the biggest thing that I learned is sometimes people have very different methods of coping with anger, mm-hmm. and if you find one that's healthy, do it. Do it. Do and what these works. are good rules right. for you to help figure out what's healthy. Some people, you know, they need to go for a run. Some people need to make a cake. Some need... Twinkies. Yes, yeah, some need to eat a couple Twinkies yeah, or whatever. A couple. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And some, you know, find something that helps you de-stress, get a little less angry, cool down. I mean, counting yeah. to ten and taking a deep breath might not work for yeah, everyone. It may not work. But so you know what? Can I your, give you a trick? Yeah. Don't count. Count if counting does work, but you have to count 
backwards from two million by seventeens. Wow, I you do that? I don't think anyone can do that. Well, just do it for a little bit. Just do it for <laughs> ten minutes. You'll forget the whole issue. Oh yeah, because you're trying to focus I on the numbers. I think that would exacerbate the problem. Yeah. <laughs> if everybody could do that, I would be so frustrated that. that I can't count backwards from seventeen. But see, part of this is learning, right? Learn. No, learn. yeah, and evaluate yourself, and be willing to try different things see? to figure out what you can do best. Well done, Maddie. Thank you. You know what? By the way, best thousand bucks I've ever spent on you. I know, putting me through anger management. Anger management. I'm not classes. an anger management. It's, by the classes. way, it's not just changing you. You've changed the whole team. I'm, I'm trying. That one class has changed everything. Hey, we're going to take a break. Guess who's in the house? Kimberly Giles is here. She is, you know, the one of the top 20 advice gurus in the galaxy. Wow. Yes, she's here. And she's going to teach us about psychological maturity, emotional maturity. We're going to be quizzed. We're getting a quiz. So stick by us. Listen up. We're going to be giving you a quiz on your psychological health and maturity. This is the Matt Townsend Show. After this break, we'll be back with more right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, on your commute home, now you're learning how to manage your emotional health. What better timing, right? Because traffic's backing up. You've got to hurry and get home to get kids to their sporting events. Mmm. Probably a little hot, a little muggy. You just spilled your drink. Now you look down underneath your seat, you have wet french fries. Hate it when that happens. I'm projecting. <laughs> that is my drive home today. My drive home. Guess who's in the house? Kimberly Giles, president, founder of Clarity Point Coaching. You got to go to Clarity Point Coaching. Again, tons of information, and she's she's giving it away. <laughs> it's like a fire cell. You because, always tease me about that. But I do. I, we all do. And I think, but I think it's really cool about that's why that's how I know you believe in changing lives because it's not about the money always. You know, it's about changing lives. It is. So and, we do have a lot of free resources. We want people to get the help they need. And we have some things they can pay for yeah, that are, are very worth stuff, it. Right. But there's also a wonderful a free resources. Stuff. And um, that's, I think, why you're one of the top 20 advice gurus in the country and greater galactic ring. Thank you, Matt. You <laughs> Clarity Point Coaching. Kim Giles is her name. Okay, Kimberly. I know this in you. You have incredible emotional control. I can throw you for a loop. You don't get mad. You sure you'll write a note. You'll leave it on my car. <laughs> Stuff like that. I've had to work. I've had to work at it though. Yeah, but you're I wasn't good at always it. this good at it. I think all, all of us. This this is something we, we have to work on being more psychologically mature. Is what I call it. Otherwise, you're just going to have an emotional beatdown by humans around you. You're going to suffer every day. You're yeah. going to feel miserable all the time. So at some point, we have to grow up mm-hmm. and get a handle on <laughs> and be our a, stuff. Yeah. Be a be a man. Yeah. That's what I would say for me. Be a woman. Grow up. Yep. That's what Put on the big girl say. pants. Yep. Exactly. Uh, talk to me about psychological maturity because uh, I have had uh, my, my wife's question mine. 
question your psychological maturity. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to give you a quiz today and see how we psychologically are give mature. Me a quiz or everybody a quiz? Well, both. I'll, okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll see how your wife. Because some how... of us aren't, and we haven't learned it. And I mean, I well, just and we noticed... didn't have a chance to learn it. Most of yeah. us had parents that weren't necessarily real psychologically mature. And you think about it: if you had a parent that was a bad communicator, a drama queen. Someone who is easily offended, very reactive, mm-hmm. or closed off, it wouldn't talk about anything. How were you going to yeah. learn the skill? That's right. Because these were your teachers. So if that's the case, then what you've got to do is recognize what you haven't learned. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're lots bad. there's lots of resources it just out there to learn it. You just need to pump up that part of your life. Need to get educated. And so psychological maturity, I, I guess part of psychological maturity is your ability to manage your emotion, your emotional maturity. Yes. Okay, cool. Because honestly, I mean, think about it. Just something as subtle as losing uh, Robin Williams. That was a big deal for me. Like, because psychologically, it was I related to him a lot. Well, and the fact that he had suffered from depression and yeah. it, he was an inspiration to so yeah. many people about surviving and, yeah. and getting through it. So that was, that was a blow for... You could almost see his coping skills, how he used humor to cope with his, his, his depression or his emotional issues. I mean, it's, you yeah. can almost see that, I guess, in any comedian or actor or, you know, any, by the way, it's any therapist. It's a way to cope with our pain. That's right. Most yeah. therapists are doing the therapy they're doing because... That's what they needed to learn. That's where they needed to go. That's what Is that why we're both yeah, here? Yeah, probably, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in the end, so there's a quiz. You're going to actually quiz us? Well, I'm going to throw out some questions you might ask yourself. This that isn't kind like of a give blood you, test. No. But just to give you an idea how emotionally and psychologically mature you are. So okay. the first one is when you get upset, do you really understand why you're upset? And can you see that being upset is a choice? Yeah, because if you can't, game yeah. on. Grab the ponies. We're going for a we're ride. We're in trouble. That's right. Being upset is an option, mm-hmm. but it's never your only option. Because there, you could be a lot of things. You could. And some of us maybe don't get upset. We just get hurt, hurt, sad, offended, or... pouty, like James, pouty. Yeah, but all of those are just options. Yeah. But I think the the do you know understand why you're upset uh-huh. is a big one. And you know, I always relate everything back to fear because I really believe behind when the reasons we're upset is we're scared about something. Yeah. And most of the time, it's either that we f- we're afraid we're not good enough, and so we feel insulted, or we're going to look bad, or we feel taken from, yeah. robbed, gypped, walked on, mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah, yeah. Treated badly. Held back. So Everyone's against us. I like my clients to be able to tell, okay, I'm upset that. because I'm having a fear of failure moment. Um, for example, if my kids do something wrong and break something in the house, I'm having a fear of loss moment. That's my money that you yeah, just that's my TV. destroyed. That's yeah. my plasma screen. <laughs> so I... I need to understand that I'm having a fear of loss. This is about my fears about money. This is... I feel robbed by mm-hmm. my children, and and if I understand clearly why I'm upset, it'll I'll be able to step back from it and see my way through it better. But look what you're asking. You're asking us in the moment if we have clarity. Yeah. So Clarity Point Coaching Girl is asking us in the moment, do you know why you're doing what you're doing? Because we don't. We d- most of we us, don't. We don't. And if you don't know, then what on earth are you doing it for? I don't know. So the question I always ask myself is, what am okay? What am I afraid of here? Yeah. And that really helps me to get clear 
on why I'm upset. And quickly clear. Quickly clear. Now, does it matter if you do this in the moment? Like, I mean, because you could ask that same question about something that happened last year. Mm -hmm. Or you could ask, why do you still feel what you feel from what happened to you as a child? And you could go, do you know why you feel that? It's very useful to go back. Because if you can go back through, matter of fact, I make my clients make a list of their most upsetting things that have really triggered them. And and let's go to each one. What were you afraid of? What were you afraid of? And usually there's a pattern. Oh, yeah. There, we have an issue with feeling walked on or taken from, or we have money issues. And mm-hmm. it's always, I feel like I'm being robbed. Or I have self-esteem issues, yep. and I'm always afraid you insulted me. Mm-hmm. And that's my issue. And it's important you know what your trigger issue right. is. Then it becomes a script. Then your brain doesn't even have to think about it. The fear created the script, and then the, your, your brain just runs the script. Yeah, and then program. it's automatic behavior scripts. Right. Yeah, we call them subconscious programs, but yes. the same thing. Oh, dangerous. So okay. that's the first question. Okay, and then the second question similar. When you get offended, do you know why? Can you see that being yeah. offended is a choice? Um, number three, do you take responsibility for your choice to be upset or offended, or do you blame your feelings on other people? <sighs> see, they it, made me mad. They made me mad. Oh, the government. Makes me so mad. Ah, sorry. So really, no one can make you do anything. Your emotions, your inner state is the one thing that is in your control all the time. Sticks and stones yeah, may break my bones, but names <laughs> will never hurt me. Boom. I learned that as a child. Yeah? You can't hurt me. Neener, neener, neener. Isn't that weird? You're bulletproof. We, we used to do that as a kid, but now that we're adults, we're like, what did you say? Oh, don't you? Oh, you don't say that to me. I'll get you. We forgot yeah, the little sticks and stones. A lot of times our fear of being insulted or looking back has actually gotten bigger the older. Yeah. A lot of things have become. gotten bigger. <laughs> no, I mean, we digress. So, but that's a great question. I hope everyone's taking notes as they're driving home. Well. Because this is good learning. <laughs> Give us another one. Okay, so um, do you have the ability to see a situation from another person's perspective so that you can put yourself in their shoes and have compassion for where they are? Mm. And, I, and I did a lot of reading. Uh, it takes a lot of psychological maturity to put your feelings aside and really step into where someone else is and ask yourself, what were they afraid of? What was going on with them? Yeah. What was really behind this? Because most of the time, whatever they did to you was more about their fear about themselves than it was about you anyway. It's always that way. Okay, we, ah, oh, Kim. It's good. You're stirring my head. <laughs> my head's a stirring. Uh, <laughs> we have to take a break? We have to take a break. Okay. We're here with Kim Giles uh, from ClarityPointCoaching.com. You got to go check out that site. This is an This is just one little article you wrote, right? Did you write this article? I did write this article. This is one of a billion articles you've written. It's that rich, folks. Kimberly Giles is her name. Advice Guru is her game. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. More here on the Matt Townsend Show about managing your own psychological maturity after the break.
Welcome back, friends. In the house, Kimberly Giles. She's trying to do everything she possibly can to help this radio show increase its psychological maturity. Not just you listeners. She's here to coach our staff. Kind of. (laughs) Everyone's like, really? Do I get to? Really? Yeah. We'll have to start with James because I'm uncoachable. She's talking about psychological maturity. Do you have the wherewithal psychologically and I guess emotionally as part of that to um, to do a few things, to recognize what your triggers are really? Why are you doing what you're doing? Do you know why you're angry or what you're feeling? Uh, another one was um, what do other people feel in a certain situation? Yeah. Do you have Can the you ability put yourself to in that? their shoes yeah. and really see it from their perspective because that takes some maturity. Um, do you talk things out when you are bothered about something? Can you communicate about it or do you stuff it? Yeah, and, you just get hijacked. And then build up resentment for years over it. There's yeah. a lot of us that have grown up feeling like communicating wasn't safe. Mm-hmm. And so it's just safer for me to stuff it. And that's not serving our relationships at all. No. Can you admit when you're wrong and apologize without experiencing shame or self-pity drama around it? Because I know a lot of people that, yeah, they'll they'll apologize, but really it's about getting you to feel sorry for them. Uh-huh. They'll turn it on. Yeah, they, they'll like... They turn it around. Yeah, they'll steal your turn. So can you just say, I'm sorry, I should have behaved different. Yeah. I, I really should have behaved different towards you. I'm not going to play the, but I'm having such a bad time yeah. in my life so hard that you should feel sorry for me. Thing. Yeah, you don't need to justify it. Can you just... Just say you're sorry. Say yeah. Take action. Resolve things mm-hmm. that bother you. Grow up. That's mature. Right. That's what we do. Um, do you feel jealous or threatened by other people and their successes? Because mm. when you have a lot of fear of loss, you yeah. do. Yeah. And that's kind of psychologically immature. Uh, yeah. Some of us are addicted to being angry about things and justified, Uh and we look for everything in the world that we could be angry about and be right about because it makes us feel powerful to be mad. What a horrible, powerful, and that's a bad combo. It is, but people get a little bit addicted to that feeling of being righteously justified and Oh, don't condemning you. you. See, but we, look at how this repels people. No wonder being psychologically immature ensures other people, it probably ensures more problems for you because now people won't go to you. They see that you can't handle it. They see you're yeah, negative. Yeah, they stay away from you. So, and then, but then that just reinforces, see, the world's bad. <laughs> Nobody so gets So we need me. to talk this segment a little bit about how to fix this well, in no, yourself. let's not fix it this time. But, this time, let's just wallow in it. Okay, we we will for a minute. All right, we'll we'll fix it. (laughs) Do you handle rejection badly? Yeah. Because it takes a lot of maturity to be able to handle Mm -hmm. rejection, and we're all going to get it here and there in life. What if you're never rejected? Have you ever met anyone that has never been rejected? Yeah, people who never try anything Uh, and put themselves uh out Or the delusional that. that never knew that they were rejected. Yeah, that's probably true, There's too. I know a few would fall yeah. into that category. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you carry grudges? Do you hang on to self-pity stories forever? Do you play victim games? Uh-huh. That kind of thing. Um, can you adjust to change and be flexible when things don't go the way you wanted them to? Yeah. No, I think that's a big sign of immaturity. When that's you right. can't be flexible and roll with things when you don't get your way, uh-huh. you are... 
majorly psychologically mature. Have you ever watched a, a mixed martial arts fight? I think I have before. I'm kind of maybe digressing. not the whole thing, but I think I've. <laughs> but there's a, it's one of the most amazing things to me because I'm now going to show you how immature I am. If I just got beat up, like if I just got handed my hat from somebody in the octagon, which is where they okay, fight. Yeah, I'm picturing you okay, in the octagon handed, and probably if I getting handed your hat. But th- what is so amazing to me with most of those people, those fighters, they have incredible sportsmanship. They just fought, and they were just literally trying to make the other be knocked out. They were trying to knock the other human out. Like, yeah, hurt really hurt But them. when they're all said and done, these guys pop up, Shake and they hands. just hug each other. Some kiss, it's weird, on the cheeks. And it's, but I sit there and I think, how can you be so viscerally angry that you'll fight, yeah. and yet... You can then just shake hands and say, you know, well done, brother. I actually watched the same thing. My husband is a big rock music guy. Yeah. Me, not so much. Don't really like mosh pits and no, all of that no. stuff. So You I'll, don't seem like a mosh I pit I will go person. if I can have a seat up in the balcony and yeah. watch the moshing yeah. go down below me. And I was watching this, and they would do the same thing. They would sh- push each other down on the ground, just shoving yeah. people. But then they reach right down, hold you back, Come on up, lift brother. you back up, We're brother. and then they do it again. <laughs> and I'm thinking, these people have issues. Yeah, it seems wrong. They're getting out their frustrations with life pushing each yeah. other, but then it's not really personal. Mm. Dude, no. it was just my anger with life. Here, let me help you back. But up. that's what to me that is that actually is an incredible sign of maturity. Because on the football field, you it's a softer, it's a it's a protected sport, I guess. But yeah. you don't see that level of sportsmanship. But that's in the raw true. battle of fighting each other, there is this weird honor between men where the egos are no longer there. It's just anyway. That's cool. It blows my mind because. That's what I hear. That's what we're, well, he- we're my saying. My favorite part in your last segment was when you said, "Oh, this is like being a ninja." Yeah, I'm getting a ninja. control of your. I'm an emotion. That's right. Wax on, ninja. wax off, yeah. wax on, wax off. I don't know if that's the same it's martial m- art, but mental martial arts. Mm-hmm. And it in, is. In some ways, it really is. It's about getting control, th- seeing things clearly, making a wise uh-huh. choice. Centered. I can see it. Okay, so now that we kind of know that there's some people on our team. That are psychically immature, uh, psychologically immature, hypothetically. Hypo- hypothetically. Yeah, because it's not real, but it's, you know they know who they are. Um, what are we supposed to do? So, what am I supposed to do? Because that's a lot of stuff. It is. But it might really come down to if I'm a betting man, fear. <laughs> well, that's your first step. <laughs> okay. You've got to get out of your fear that's because it. that drives all of that. It really drives a lot of it. You're afraid to talk things through. You're you're afraid of being insulted. You're afraid of being walked on. Right. I mean, this is largely what's behind your issues. Yeah. So at Clarity Point Coaching, we talk a lot about the answer to fear is is getting in trust and changing some of your real fundamental beliefs about yourself and life. Yeah. And one of my beliefs I learned as a little kid was that oh, I might not be good enough, that well, there might yeah. be people who are better than me and other people won't like me and I should be afraid all the time that I might not be good enough. I learned that. Well, yeah. it's not a real useful belief no. and it was kind of hurting me, especially as an adult, to always be afraid of looking bad or being insulted. Right. So I decided to replace that belief with a new belief about my value. And the new belief is that my value as a human being comes from the fact that I'm a one-of-a-kind, irreplaceable soul. Yeah. And everything that's one-of-a-kind is infinitely valuable. Oh, yeah. So, By the way, we lose a Robin Williams, 
and he's he rocks that rocks our world because we lost a one of a kind. One of a kind. And yet, notice he had demons. Everyone says he had demons. He he had human issues, depression, which yeah. we so. But you know, none you, of that. Don't frame even, yourself that way. Even committing suicide has not dimmed no. my appreciation at no, all for him all. and his value to the world. No, I mean, you know that. You look yeah. at what we're. You go down his list of movies, and you're thinking, "What have we lost?" Now, most people listening on the call will think, "Well, I haven't contributed to the world in that way. Do I have the same value as someone yeah. who's done all that?" Ask you your do. family. Ask your neighbors. Ask your ask everyone that would be devastated if you weren't here. Absolutely, and That's cool. and. You will never see it as clearly as people around you can see it. We can see it. Robin Williams couldn't see it. But this is the thing you've got to decide. Your value is not attached to your performance. Mm -mm. That we're here on this planet to learn and grow, but this isn't a test. This isn't a place where our value is in question. And if you don't perform well enough and if you make too many mistakes, then you sulk and your value is down the tubes. No, this is just... A classroom. It's a place to learn and grow. And we can make mistakes, but they don't affect our value because it's not a test. Value inherent. It's infinite, infinite and, and absolute. Always absolute. That's powerful. So if, when if you I have that idea, that, you don't need all this other. Well, really, because it makes you bulletproof. Right. So even when somebody doesn't like me, okay, you're entitled to the, your opinion. Yeah. And I realize I'm not perfect and I made mistakes, but my value, this doesn't affect my value. Mm-hmm. My value as a human being is still the same when I screw up at work and I just want to hide my face in uh, shame because uh, this big mistake I made. Yeah. I got to remember, it's just a lesson in my classroom. It didn't affect my value. My so value is not on the good. line. And you'll see the more you practice this and it will take practice. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can yeah, hear this time. today on the radio. Yeah. It's going to take you choosing to see your value this way every moment of every day. It's going to take quite a bit of practice and work to really get it into your subconscious programming, but you can. Yeah. I see people who have changed within a couple months. Oh, I've seen them too, yeah. And boy, they're rock solid. And, and, and it's really one change. I mean, that's not that's one change. It's just a fundamental shift. It's a shift of paradigm, right? A thought. Yeah, in your basic beliefs about yourself. And you change that, and it kind of changes everything. Well, and everyone's like, it can't be that easy. It's not necessarily easy, but it's just it one change. It is that change. simple. It is simple. Yeah. And let's do it 50. I mean, you'll you'll just grow it test by test, thought by thought. But after a while, your thoughts become habitual. All of this scripting we're talking about is nothing more than that. It's nope. just thoughts. It's just that thoughts. We've habitualized. And, and now we're they're... deciding to maybe replace some of our less accurate thoughts uh-huh. with some that feel more accurate. And yeah. I, I really think this this is truth. Now, another belief that we could replace is this idea that the universe is out to get me and all yeah. these bad things could happen. And I, I could get robbed and taken from yeah. because life is just random bad luck everywhere I look. And most of us grew up learning to see the world this way. Right. That the universe is out to get you. So I like to replace that with the belief that the universe is here to serve your process of growth and everything that happens to you is here to benefit you. Uh, and that could be another fundamental shift that will make you feel less robbed. No, I, I had that with a client today. She has a fairly difficult spouse that doesn't seem that's psychologically immature. And if she sits there and thinks she's being robbed of an experience here in life, that's different than her thinking she's got a lot to learn. She's got a lot to 
this is a this difficult partner is teaching her to become. Oh, her, she sees she it as a it. lesson. Uh-huh. She'll deal with it totally different than if and she, she sees just... it to be godly. Like this is my way to actually relate to my God. Yeah, so to she become more like God. Him, exactly. to grow and uh-huh. learn. That's oh. so much more mature. <laughs> all right. Oh, Kim, where have you been all my life? Good job. You're good. You well, you ought to think about doing this for a living. Yeah, I've thought about that. <laughs> hey, if you want to find out about how she makes a living doing this, ClarityPointCoaching.com. Clarity Point Coaching, you can go get her book. You can get uh, just great information. And you get to learn. You get to learn. From, she hates me to call her a guru. But she's just she's just a guru in training. She's in training. Are you going to stick around? Yep. Yeah. Uh, we're going to play a game. We're playing a game. When we come back, emotions and movies. Think of the movie that you felt the most emotion in. Positive emotion, negative emotion, movies and emotion. When we come back with Sean O'Neill is going to be walking us through that up next on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends. There is the hoedown music, which means it's time to wrap up the show. You know, the way we thought we would wrap this up, our discussion of emotions today, are movies. There's something about a movie, you know, that that can get to you. It's a scene or a line that ignites an emotion, and then you get locked into this film, and it becomes even more enjoyable than any other film. So on the show today, our own Sean O'Neill, who, by the way, is a movie critic. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, Kim did not even know that. Sean O'Neill is a movie critic. Sean, what's the site? Family Man Movie Blog. Family Man Movie Blog. Dot blogspot. Dot blogspot. Dot com. Dot forward slash blogspot. Not been updated in a long time. Which is fine. (laughs) You know why? Because Sean, uh, this is all a ruse, I think the word is. This is all a facade for Sean to be able to watch movies without his wife getting on his back. Mm. Is that right, Sean? I take my wife to the movies. (laughs) Are you kidding? Without his children getting on his back. No. There, his there, parents. Are, there are arguments in our house movies. about who, who gets to go to the movies. <laughs> he, he really does like movies. So, Sean, emotion, that is the key to movie making. I think so. I, I know I get connected to movies when I feel a lot of emotion in a movie. Yeah. Um, like I have a whole list of, of movies here that, that I know I have felt something when I have seen the movie. Um, how about the movie Bambi? Uh, don't remind me. From 1942. That one, that brings back such bad memory. <laughs> Doesn't it? Isn't it just like, ugh. A lot of those Disney movies, the parent gets killed. That's a that's a yeah. theme in those Disney oh, yeah. movies. And it's and awful. So that's right. And as a parent, that's scary. Well, yeah. but the thing is, I feel like it does help you be able to open a dialogue with your kids about yeah, what sure. Oh, yes, is. it does. But I wasn't a kid. I, when I was a kid, I watched that. And- we didn't. Ba- parents back then didn't know about dialogues. <laughs> <laughs> they just wanted to freak you out and scare you. Another, I could die. You want me to die? I could another die. older movie. I I believe it's from the Disney era film studio. But uh, 
Old Yeller. I knew you were going to say that. Yep. Red, yeah. Where the Red Fern Grows. Oh, that's another one. Cried oh. yes. both of those. I remember oh. reading that book. and Yes. The Champ. Do you remember the movie The oh, Champ? Oh, The Champ, yes. Oh, I remember crying. Did you cry? Ricky Schroeder. Did you cry in I movies? cried and I was Ricky's age. Oh, yes, age. I have. I was probably whatever. Mm. He was eight or something. Mm-hmm. I remember crying in my sister's Volkswagen Beetle <laughs> as we were watching the dry, at the drive-in watching The Champ. <laughs> and then I, I, I drove home with her thinking, I hate mm. you. <laughs> what is this weird feeling I have in my heart? How about something newer then? How about the movie Up? Oh. Yeah, Up. That's such a cute story. That's Do you remember the, the 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 scenes at the beginning of the movie with the relationship? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's Sweet. They, they They pull on those heartstrings and it's just all over for some yeah. people. Yeah, that movie started off really heavy. Like, it you did. don't expect it. Mm-mm. Have you seen the sequel Down? No, I haven't. Not as good. It's not as good. It's a lot more negative. It's an elevator movie. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> Horrible! It's like elevator music. Just By the way, that's that needs a rip shot. Yeah, a lot of rim shot. Rim it, shot. It needed one. Yes. Too late. Way too late. There we go. Well, t- timing. We're gonna have to talk that about that. Timing. Timing's timing on. in the next show meeting. Yes. Nope. nope. We're getting closer. <laughs> it's getting there. Uh, more movies. Um, more recently, this one, which I thought was, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Rachel McAdams and, and Channing Tatum, which I don't usually like Channing Tatum in a movie, but it's called The Vow. I haven't seen it. It's so it's a good. Very interesting. The Vow. It's so sad. It's based on a real story, and it I is? read the book. Is and it, the book is even better. Is it The Vow oh, yeah. or The Vowel? No, The, the Vow. Because The Vowel sounds boring. Basically, I vow it's to a, love it's you. a story oh, of this of this couple Maddie. who get married. <laughs> But um, a little time after they get married, they have a, there's a car accident, and the wife loses her short-term memory. Oh. So she does not remember getting married to her husband. Oh, I did see that. Mm-hmm. I it really have, stuck with it you. Must not have <laughs> yeah, it must not have been. Yeah, I saw that. lived it. Yeah, that was weird. Matt was just emotionally charged in that movie. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. But I thought it was good. But another one, and, and, and I've got a clip of a scene from this movie right here. This this is my favorite scene that Sally Field has ever done, huh. and I, I love all the emotions that go through this scene. This is from Steel Magnolias. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I can jog all the way to Texas and back, but my daughter can't. She never could. Good. I'm so mad. I don't know what to do. I want to know why. I want to know why Shelby's life is over. I want to know how that baby will ever know how wonderful his mother was. Will he ever know what she went through for him? Oh, God, I want to know why. Why? Lord, I wish I could understand. No. No. No, it's not supposed to happen this way. I'm supposed to go first. I've always been ready to go first. I don't think I can take this. I don't think I can take this. I just want to hit somebody until they feel as bad as I do. I just want to hit something. I want to hit it hard. Here, hit this. Go ahead, Malin, slopper. Are you crazy? Are you high, Clary? Clary, have you lost your mind? We'll sell t-shirts saying I slapped Weezer Boudreaux. Hedda! Miss Clary, enough! <laughs> Weezer, this is your chance to do something for your fellow man. Oh. Knock her lights out, Malia! Let go of me! Malia, you just missed a chance of a lifetime. Half a chicken pin parish will give the eye teeth to take a whack of Weezer. 
<laughs> Those five ladies that in that wonderful. scene, yeah, they go they go from just this really dramatic. I mean, this is at a funeral. Yeah, and so there, it's a very dramatic scene, and and the acting is just fabulous. Oh yeah, but that emotion carries and it changes and just it you feel everything that they're feeling in that in that scene. That that reminds me of the depth of High School Musical. Depth. Okay. Stop. High School Musical, the third one. I watched my senior year of high school and I cried. Oh it gosh. Was... Okay. No, you cannot. You do not get to make fun of me for feeling no. emotion no, in no, a no, movie. No, Sorry, no. you don't get to. No, your emotions are great. No, just that one movie. That no, you don't get. Or I will make fun of you for crying in the vow, Sean. So. I didn't cry in the vow. Well. I cried at Mr. Holland's opus. Oh, that was Thank good. Oh, yeah, that was a good one too. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was Have an you guys interesting one. Seen uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? That's a tearjerker. Too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how emotion can be brought in just their timing, the speed that they were talking. Yes. I mean, that's kind of part of life too. Look how stressed you get just when life picks up speed wise. Just the speed of life can just make you anxious. There's another another one that I I in 1991, people people felt a little tricked by this movie uh it was a movie it, was, it seemed like it was a kid movie dan Aykroyd and jamie lee curtis played the parents of this girl and macaulay calkin played her friend and the movie is called my girl do you remember that one no, at all no it was a very very interesting movie uh because there's kind of a love story between macaulay calkin and um i cannot remember the actress's name but, but they're they're both child actors at the time uh young probably 10 10 to 12 years old, they have this kind of love going on, this child love. It's nothing nothing heavy or anything like that. But Macaulay Culkin's character dies Ooh. in the movie. Oh. And there is a whole scene where Veda, the character's name, goes to the funeral and just starts bawling. Yeah. And it, it, it is a very, very moving movie. Uh, two movies last year that really were emotional, Captain Phillips and Gravity. Oh, that was crazy. Those were fantastic. Captain Phillips really and then good. Gravity. I mean, they were, came out within weeks of each oh, other. Yeah. We had Merritt Meekum on here, and she had a whole different read of Gravity mm-hmm. that was so over my head. It was incredible. Well, that's Merritt. Yeah. She, she's a film. Yeah. She's more of a film buff than I am. But, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, the intensity. See, that's... So one of the things about being human is emotion, right? We should feel yes. emotion. That's why you love movies, Sean. That's exactly why I love movies. Man. And I just uh, go connects f- us to our humanness. That's right. It really mm-hmm. does. Uh, <sighs> we, I, had a, I had a clip from uh, Field of Dreams, but we don't have time to, to use it. So everybody should go but watch Field of Dreams. They should. But uh, the whole scene where um, uh, James Earl Jones talks about people will come. Yeah. If you that's, that's the clip that I had, and it is just... Fantastic. Well, I mean, there's the lesson then, right, to all of us. And part of this is on the heels of Robin Williams. And yes. emotion matters. And I guess the key is it's it makes you human. It also tells you and it teaches you. There's stuff to learn in the emotion. Dead but poet don't, society. Don't react to the emotion. Don't just react to Learned it. Learn from it, but Learned. don't yes. let it rule you. Exactly. Powerful. Exactly. Well done, kids. Remember, the movie is fake. It's on a screen. Yeah. It's fake. It's not real. Unless it's depicting something real. Um, well done. You nailed it. Good deep. job, Kimberly Child. <laughs> We're out of here. Good job, Sean. Uh, by the way, here's a quote from Babe Ruth. Every strike brings me closer to the next home run. 
So that's a choice. Every strike brings me closer to the next home run. We're not going to be here tomorrow, folks. BYU's graduation will be on the air tomorrow, so we're going to take the day off. But again, Friday, we'll have a best of on Friday. And back Monday, more tools, more ideas to help you get a leg up in this crazy thing called life. Thanks for being with us, and keep finding the good.